You're listening to Chris Farrell's On Watch podcast from Judicial Watch. I'm Chris Farrell, and this is On Watch. Welcome to On Watch, the Judicial Watch podcast, where we take a deep dive on topics that are underreported in the mainstream news media and demand a further look and greater, greater background and context. We also take time to review Judicial Watch investigations and give you the backstory of how we go after corrupt government officials and practices, shedding light on things that politicians would rather you forget. Judicial Watch's mission is to promote transparency, integrity, and accountability in government politics and the law. So if that appeals to you, you are in the right place. Follow us and rate this podcast on Watch, whether you found us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other platforms out there. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. This week, you are in for a treat. We're going to get uh, the thoughts and opinions uh, of the president of Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton. Welcome, Tom. Hey, Chris. Thanks Thanks for having me on. Good to be with you again. It is a great, uh, great to have you with us. We've had a huge uh, decision out of the Supreme Court this week. Actually, it's been quite a week for the Supreme Court. It's a kind of a, a triple header. Uh, but obviously, the big headline is the overturning of the Roe v. Wade decision. Uh, but as a prelim to that, really, first, there was a school choice decision out of Maine, which allowed parents to have really exercise their authority over the education of their children, then a gun rights decision out of New York State that uh, knocked down a series of uh, New York laws that restricted Second Amendment rights. But then the big, big, big story, uh, overwhelmingly, was the decision yesterday that came out overturning Roe versus Wade, an affirmation uh, of the dignity of human life in this country. So, uh, you know, a lot of people look at our work and think about corruption work and getting records and documents of uh, different agencies that are out of control or crooked government officials, but they don't always appreciate the pro-life work of Judicial Watch. So with that in mind, uh, let our listeners have a, a better understanding of what yesterday's decision means from your perspective as president of Judicial Watch. Well, you know, certainly uh, initially, uh, the government's failure to preserve and defend life is necessarily a corruption issue. If the government doesn't do that and actually is on the wrong side of that issue, we're in dire straits. And that's where we've been uh, since Roe was imposed uh, 50 plus years ago. Uh, The Roe decision basically said that states have no interest in protecting the right to life of unborn human beings. And there's nothing they can do. And there was some slight modification after that. But essentially, we've had on uh, the abortion on demand. If you wanted to have an abortion throughout your entire nine months of pregnancy, you can find a doctor to do it, you can get it done. And uh, the Supreme Court said, no, we didn't have the power to do that this week. That was wrong. That was an abuse of power. It was an exercise of raw judicial power, which is what the dissent found in Roe and what uh, Justice Alito in his uh, decision, the majority opinion, highlighted. It was raw, uh, 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 an outrageous abuse by the Supreme Court uh, to uh, create this right out of whole claw. And this is what people mean, or or when people talk about legislating from the bench or an activist court, uh, that's kind of the shorthand description for what you just described. 
Yes, exactly. And um, that's done. So now if you want to legislate on abortion, you need to do it through the states or at the federal level. You know, like uh, some of our friends, some of our colleagues and I were at the Supreme Court uh, the day the ruling was issued. And, you know, it just struck me that all those pro-abortionists out there standing in front of the court were at the wrong place. Because now the decision is going to be made through democratic means. Uh, states are going to decide whether they want to protect the lives of unborn human beings, protect, extend the right to life to them, protect them from being killed by abortion. There are questions for the federal government in that area as well. So that's where these protesters need to be in, in our constitutional republic. If they, they're so uh, upset about the ability to kill unborn babies, at least currently, they can ask their states uh, to protect that barbaric right. There's a lot of language being thrown around, some of it quite reckless, uh, that says things like, hey, it's, uh, abortion is now illegal in, in the United States. Uh, that is not true. Um, but I think it's being used as a means to uh, really inflame uh, people that are not well informed and to really uh, kind of activate the leftist base can you can you give some clarity to our listeners on what exactly is unlawful in this regard? Well, the court found that uh, the right to procure an abortion is not in the Constitution. It's not there's nothing in the history of the country, certainly not in the text of the Constitution that requires the Supreme Court to say uh, all states need to protect the right of women to kill their unborn human beings uh, offspring. Uh, throughout the entire nine months of pregnancy. So now that question is now up to the states. Now, some states essentially have outlawed abortion already. I think there are at least nine where abortion is outlawed as a result of this decision. Others, the abortion right is restricted and in states, uh, and only in a few states, uh, is there a continued, uh, a continued unbridled right to abortion. So if you're concerned about the issue, you should move to protect more unborn lives. Or if you're a pro-abortionist, uh, you obviously will move in the opposite direction. Uh, you know, I think there needs to be a broad national protection for human beings. I don't think abortion is compatible with a civil or moral society or, or frankly, our whole system of government. So we need to fix that. But, you know, that's going to have I'm going to have to persuade people. And um, in the meantime, we have to ensure the rule of law is enforced. We've got to protect uh, uh, the rule of law in the sense that politicians who don't want to enforce the law to protect unborn lives, they need to be, be confronted and held accountable, which is what they're planning to do, as you know. And then, you know, uh, you know, the other big issue is what is the federal government going to do? Are they going to mess with the uh, and abuse? They're going to mess with and abuse the powers entrusted to them by the American people to kind of slide abortion and force abortion on states that have outlawed it to uh, try to get uh, unborn babies killed there. So, you know, and the Biden administration can't be, uh, is has become unhinged on this issue. Uh, so we should expect the worst and judicial watch will be there to figure out what's happening. So there was reckless language claiming that abortion was now illegal in the United States. That, that is not true. Uh, but uh, if, all, if only it were true. And but but I mean, these are these are things that are being said over public airwaves and in front of groups of people 
uh, I view as, as a form of incitement uh, because it's, uh, you know, deliberately making false statements in an effort to drive people around the bend. Uh, the president of the United States yesterday made another false, reckless claim, saying that the uh, Supreme Court's decision had sort of uh, driven us beyond the pale of civilized society and saying that, you know, no other uh, developed nations in the world had laws like this. And that is yeah, exactly a 180 degrees opposite of the truth. We were in a position where we had abortion laws, policies, et cetera, uh, and we were in the company of communist China and North Korea. Yeah, we're, we, we uh, frankly, you have countries like the head of France, uh, Macron was complaining about our laws about abortion, which um, in many states, at least before Roe, and certainly even potentially under Roe, are less restrictive than France's laws. So we're kind of, we're, you know, the United States has been an outlier. Of course, that's not the standard. You know, the standard is how are we going to treat unborn human beings? We're going to recognize that they're biological human beings, and are we going to extend the protection of life to them that other biological human beings have? And are we going to deprive them of uh, any right to life because they're in their mother's womb? And that's something we have to grapple with. And, you know, we all know where, you know, I stand and where you stand and millions of pro-lifers. But, uh, you know, not too many Americans think there should be abortion for any reason throughout the entire nine months of pregnancy. And I think the left is going to find that out because they haven't had to practice democratic debate on this issue because they were able to exercise the raw judicial power of the Supreme Court essentially to uh, uh, suppress any opposition or any need to debate, persuade. Now they're going to have to start persuading people that um, they need to continue to have this unfettered right to kill. And uh, I, I don't think it's going to go as well for them as, as the left media is trying to tell us. Twice in the last week, uh, our illustrious attorney general, uh, Merrick Garland, has put out press releases explicitly disagreeing with Supreme Court rulings and describing how the Department of Justice is going to uh, attempt to either end run, uh, divert, or in some way disobey the Supreme Court. He did so in the New York State uh, uh, gun ruling on the Second Amendment and the people's right to have to bear arms. And he, they did it again yesterday. Another statement from the Department of Justice disagreeing with the Supreme Court and explaining how Essentially, they're not going to cooperate. What, what are your thoughts on uh, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland? You know, they're obligated to enforce the court's decision, and I think that's something that should be reaffirmed. You know, on the other hand, um, you know, <laughs> the branches of government are allowed to have different views about constitutional matters. You know, only conservatives aren't allowed to, as if they run those branches of government, express differences, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm not as upset. Um, obviously it's hypocritical, uh, because we're not, you know, they say that you're not allowed to criticize court decisions, especially if they go their way. Uh, but you know, we are still a governing, uh, we still have the first amendment and the executive branch, uh, does have a say on how the constitution should be interpreted. They're, they're a co-equal branch. 
and so, so so does Congress. So you know, there's nothing wrong with criticizing the Supreme Court, I guess, right? You know, the question is, are you going to do your duty under the law, nevertheless? And that's what my concern is. It's not the criticism of the court; it's the idea that they don't want to enforce the court's rules uh, or the court's rulings. And uh, you know, if they don't want to, that's a different matter, and it undermines. Uh, you know, the rule of law in a dramatic way. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, opinions are marvelous things, uh, but constitutional officers have an obligation to follow the Constitution. And that's where I find Merrick Garland's uh, press releases. Uh, uh, he, he runs right up against the edge. And if he wants to, that's great. But it'll be interesting to see where there are points of uh, conflict or points of tension. Uh, and I, I raise that in the context of we saw all sorts of unrest uh, across the country overnight. Uh, in some cases, it was just protesters standing around screaming, which is fine. Hooray. Uh, but in other places, it got violent. Um, and in other, in other places, it got stupid. And what I mean by that is there was violence in Arizona where there's an attempt, I guess, to in some way seize the Arizona State Senate. And then in other places, this is the uh, leading over on the stupid side, uh, the, the disgraced former, pre, uh, former mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, everyone's favorite Sandinista, uh, he called for the uh, disbanding, the, the Supreme Court to be dis, disbanded of all things. Yeah, they, you know, the left is what the left is. I mean, the, we are in a revolutionary moment with the left and they use these, uh, shows you the hysteria and, the, you know, the fake hysteria of January 6th where they uh, supposedly oppose political violence and insurrection. In fact, it's a regular tool they use, and we're in a revolutionary moment, and they're looking for pretext. It's not the abortion decision per se. It's, just, it's a convenient pretext to advance the idea that government and institutions of government can be overthrown by revolutionary Marxists. That's what we're seeing. You know, look, I, what I'm struck about is the left doesn't know kind of what to do here. You know, we're talking about all these concerns, but let's go, let's take a step back, Chris. Uh, we lost 60 million unborn babies, over 60 million unborn babies to the row, uh, to the abortion on demand row regime. As of yesterday, uh, as at the to quote uh, Martin Luther King Jr., the arc of history is bending towards life. And now babies are now protected and millions of unborn human beings now will be protected under the law. Now, there still will be abortions, and we can work to end all abortion. Uh, that's where we're headed, and it's, it's a glorious day for the nation. There's a restoration of the Constitution, uh, constitutional law, and the rule of law. It was a major blow to uh, uh, the Supreme Court decision to me was an anti-corruption decision because, and I encourage all of our listeners to go and read the opinions, all of the opinions. And what I loved about the majority opinion is how it eviscerated Roe and the corruption of the court in just making um, uh, uh, making it up as they went along to reach a policy result. And it's hard to read that opinion and come away from the conclusion to me for fair-minded people that of course abortion isn't a constitutional right and of course, uh, going back to the, the, the practice of the United States, the states 
uh, could protect unborn human beings in their jurisdiction. Uh, of course, that makes sense. And we're just going to move forward in that direction. And the left is making a lot of noise this week. Uh, I've been presently surprised about how weak the response has been. Uh, because, you know, for a change, we're winning on the most important issue in the world, the right to life. I think it's fascinating. And I, I also encourage everyone to read uh, the entire opinion to include uh, the dissents. Uh, but, you know, Alito opens up the, the decision by saying, quote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak. And the decision has had damaging consequences. And he goes on from there. But what's interesting is no less than uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the darling of the left, is in absolute full agreement with Alito on that point. Yeah, there's, you know, no serious constitutional scholar believes Roe was correctly decided. Now, they wanted to get to the abortion right another way. Uh, and they saw that the Roe decision was terrible. Uh, it doesn't mean that uh, Ginsburg probably wouldn't have figured out a way to keep abortion going if she were on the court. But the idea that Roe is sacrosanct is, is, a, is a joke. It's a big, no one really believes it. Uh, they just like the idea of being able to have a law uh, imposed on the American people to advance a policy agenda. This is the key phrase, the exercise of raw judicial power. That's what it's about. And they don't care about overturning precedent. They don't care about precedent. The gay marriage decision a few years ago overturned a 43-year precedent. It was 9 nothing that the court had no jurisdiction to, to hear the idea that uh, homosexuals uh, should, uh, uh, the marriage should be redefined to recognize homosexual marriage. So overturning precedent in a 5-4 decision to redefine marriage across the, the whole land of the United States, no problem for the left. But getting the court out of the business that it had never been in previously, getting it out of the abortion business is something they're outraged. There's a lot of... Uh... Very interesting twists and turns to this entire saga, this story. In fact, the entire history of the Supreme Court, for that matter. Uh, you know, people like to refer to abortion as being a constitutional right. It, it wasn't and it isn't. Uh, it was a landmark decision, that's for sure. Roe v. Wade, when it came out. But at no point did it actually enjoy uh, what they keep saying and keep repeating because words matter, you know, <laughs> Constitutional right is I mean, it simply was not and is not. And uh, we've had another reversal in this decision of a prior decision. But that's what they are decisions, you know, and it's not the first time. Anybody who thinks that this is the some crazed revolutionary act need only look at things like Plessy v. Ferguson or Dred Scott. Uh, when I was teaching at George Mason University, I would ask students if they'd ever think that the Supreme Court could ever be wrong. And I'd usually get sort of a glazed look until I reminded people that the Dred Scott case, that decision, had uh, declared that African-Americans were three-fifths of a human being for the purposes of, of taxes. And then there'd be outrage and get you know looks in class like, what do you mean human beings are three-fifths of? And I'd say, well, there's an example of a Supreme Court case that was wrongly decided, and eventually it was reversed. And so we're seeing it here again. We, the court decided that, hey, 
uh, you know, what the country had 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 a ruling on 40 some odd years ago was wrong and it needed to be fixed. Well, and it's a uh, now the question is, what are we going to do as a country? Are we going to uh, uh, start protecting unborn lives? And, you know, Judicial Watch at the federal level has exposed, for instance, taxpayer funding for the harvesting and trafficking of fetal organs of human beings killed through abortion. I don't know. It just seems to me, I might be naive, Chris, <laughs> that maybe uh, both sides can say that's bad. Yeah, I mean, that, and, and, and there's people that would argue with you. They, they tell you, in well, fact, I know. That's we, I we have evidence of that from, from records we have obtained where uh, there are officials in Pennsylvania who are very interested in coming up with a coordinated narrative to, to try to say that, you know, we were anti-science. Yeah, well, you know, taking uh, what, what I what I find interesting, because I almost said what I love about this issue, because uh, love and fetal organ trafficking is not something that go together as a phrase as phrases, is that, you know, they were using organs like livers, brains, craniums, the heads, right, thymuses, another body organ uh, to create. You, uh, uh, Frankenstein-like creatures, humanized mice. So this same movement tells us, well, these aren't human beings. These are, you know, they don't deserve any protection. Well, actually taking what are the body parts, obviously, biologically of human beings from the carcasses of the, the, the unborn children killed through abortion. And uh, it's still going on. And uh, Trump shut the funding off at the federal level. Uh, but Biden has turned the spigot on again, and we're trying to figure out if we're spending money again on that or no for our investigative work. And that's something I think a lot of people don't necessarily appreciate or realize, and that is that over the years, and this is going back 20-some-odd years now, Judicial Watch had done work to uncover the Clinton administration's sort of wild-eyed drive to introduce the abortion pill, RU-46. And, uh, in fact, it was his, his first... President Bill Clinton's first official act was uh, advocating for and causing RU46 to be available through uh, pharmacies across the country. And uh, we obtained those records from the Clinton archive down in Little Rock, the National Archive there, made them public. But we've done a lot of work over the years on pro-life related issues. You mentioned the, the lab work with humanized mice and baby parts. We've done other casework, obtaining records and uh, filing amicus briefs in various cases. So while Judicial Watch has a history as an anti-corruption operation, uh, we've also done an enormous amount of work in the pro-life arena. Well, you know, and these are, uh, you know, areas where the government was being corrupt in terms of RU-46, ignoring the risks and playing games and hiding information that we had to sue for. You know, back then you can easily gain access to uh, reports about problems with drugs and that Judicial Watch had to go in and sue for material directly. And it's going to be come up again because, you know, the idea of this chemical abortion uh, system, uh, which is RU486, it's I think two drugs that have worked together. Um, and any sensible person would want it to be done directly under the care of a doctor. 
you have the Biden administration trying to change the rules to basically send these drugs in the mail to let women kill their unborn human offspring in their home, which is obviously a recipe for disaster, both for the health of the mother and obviously for for the poor target of the drug, the unborn child. So, Tom, looking ahead, uh, two things as we close out, I'd like you to address. Number one, uh, the fight now that will take place in the various states, and then uh, looking at it from uh, from the through the judicial watch lenses, the the long term uh, sort of consequences or outcomes uh, of this monumental decision yesterday. Well, lives are going to be uh, saved as a result of this. So that's the short, medium, and long term. So that's just great. And, uh, you know, what Judicial Watch does is we educate people about the law and uh, explain really how government ought to protect life, right? I mean, this is, this is core to our system. And we know government officials are going to try to play games on abortion to thwart the will of the people who want to protect life. And I think that's going to be the big battle. It's going to be between the elites who want to mess with the rules to uh, subvert the people's will on abortion. And uh, I think that's going to be kind of the cutting edge of the litigation and fights and investigations that uh, Judicial Watch is likely to be in. And of course, you know, you can't protect predict the future, but certainly, you know, we've got a, there's little, there's nothing new under the sun. We know what the left does. They don't care what the law is, and they're going to try to undermine it every chance they get, not in a correct way, but in, in an illicit way. And that's where Judicial Watch comes in to combat the government corruption that's sure to escalate uh, to uh, advance the radical abortion agenda. Tom, that's uh, your your comments today have been very interesting and insightful, sort of the backstory getting behind some of the hysteria and the, uh, the, the very superficial treatment uh, that this important ruling yesterday has gotten. And so we appreciate you taking the time to talk to our podcast listeners. We've been growing week after week by leaps and bounds, and thousands of people are listening. Uh, this is a great format for covering topics uh, and getting some really in-depth coverage. So we appreciate you taking the time today to have a real conversation about uh, an incredibly important decision by the Supreme Court uh, that has an enormous impact on the entire country. Thanks very much, Tom. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week uh, in this latest episode of On Watch. Uh, Be sure to tune in, subscribe, leave us a rating. We appreciate your continued support of this podcast as it grows week after week. I'm Chris Farrell on watch. Thanks for listening to Chris Farrell's On Watch podcast. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.